Howdy guys, what's up? Before we jump into a story that's one of the lowest moments of my musical career, a story worth telling with a message worth hearing at the end of the story. It's a happy ending, I promise. Um, before I get into that, I want to tell you that this is the moment, this right here today as you watch, listen, wherever you are in the world, this is the moment for me when I say I'm so excited to tell you I have new music out right now. We just announced a brand new album that comes out September 25th. It's called The Country Things, Volume 1. And as a little side note, as you can imagine, if it says Volume 1, there's probably going to be a Volume 2. We'll announce that later. But right now, what I'm worried about telling you is the album is announced. It comes out September 25th. Two songs are out right now. Two brand new songs. It's called One of them is called Country Things. The other one is called Hate You Like I Love You. I love both of these songs. I'm excited. They're both um, very different in their own right. Country Things is... Uh, it, <laughs> you can't compare the two. They're very different. They, they live in the same family, but uh, they're very different... Um, uh, content wise, stylistically the same family content wise, two completely different stories. And I'm interested to see what you think. If you want to comment below, if you're watching on YouTube, comment below and tell me what you think of these two songs. Um, and you can find them anywhere you find music, anywhere you find music, uh, wherever your favorite place to listen to music is, whether that's YouTube or Spotify or Amazon or Pandora or Apple music, um, your friend's garage, wherever you listen to music, wherever you find music these days, uh, you could find these two songs, and here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do as fans of this podcast, as listeners of this podcast. Uh, there's a couple call to actions that you could do to help. On Apple Music, you could pre-add. So you can go and pre-add the whole album, Country Things Volume 1. On Spotify, you could pre-save. On the iTunes Store, you could pre-order. And on Amazon Music, you could pre-order. So... If you do that, if say, say you have a Spotify account and you go and you pre-save my album or you have an Apple Music account and you go and pre-add my album, that matters. That puts it into this little statistic that then the people at Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon or Pandora, that those people see it and they go, oh, the, the people really like this album. We better push it up so more people could hear it. It's important. Push it out there. That's how that algorithm works. And so um, first and foremost, before I get into this podcast, I want to tell you about that. I hope it, at the very least, the very least, if you don't want to do anything, if you don't want to pre-save it or pre-add it or pre-order it, um, at the very least, I just hope you give it a chance and you listen to it. You listen to, give me a verse and chorus. Listen to a verse and chorus of country things. Listen to a verse and chorus of hate you like I love you. If you dig it, if you want to hear more, follow, follow the lead here. Um, but I just hope that you could relate to these songs. I hope that the stories speak to you. I hope it matters to you like it matters to me, because then that, uh, that, um, that fulfills me as a musician more than anything. If songs are speaking to people and messages are getting out and people can relate, connect to a story or a melody, it makes it feel all worth it. It really does. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm bringing back my old drummer, my current Yee Yee Apparel warehouse manager, Caleb Kelly. He has an amazing story. We had some really low times professionally and in our friendship. He brought it all around full circle. God brought it around full circle, if you believe that, which I do. Uh, and then he saw the silver lining, the happy ending, the light at the end of the tunnel, everything came back to him. Now, he's not perfect. He's not out of the woods. He's not, he's not absolutely wonderfully happy. No one is. But he came out of a really, really dark place and found his way back to life again. And that's the message I want you to hear today. Welcome to the podcast, episode 47. Yee yee.
with cans and diesel, mud tires and snow. Long line of four by fours bumping down an old back road. Raise your cold ones high, redneck invasion. Yeah, you're rocking with that First thing I'll say is, if, you, if you're new to this podcast, you got to stop right now, don't listen or watch this one, and go back to episode 46. It's called, I Called the Cops on My Drummer. Watch that, listen to that one, and then come back and then meet us back here. Because um, I want you to get the backstory on Caleb Kelly. And the way that I ended that one, I called the cops on my drummer, which is true story, true story. not clickbait. I called the cops on my drummer, which was you, uh, a crazy night in Flagstaff, Arizona. I tell that whole story, why it happened. And as you mentioned yesterday here at Yee Yee Apparel, that it's nice to tell that story so that people know the full, the full circle of what happened that night it wasn't just you were crazy you got drunk and you had a crazy night and and things turned bad it was it was a lot more to it and so we were able on episode 46 to go through all those details but the problem with episode 46 is the way i ended it and i didn't even really realize that i ended it the way i did but a lot of people listened to that it was a very popular episode and this is the first time I've ever followed up with an episode the next week with the same guest. But the problem with that episode is was I, I ended it with a cliffhanger, not meaning to, saying that everything you've heard so far wasn't as bad as what was to come that finally got Caleb Kelly out of the band. And I had to bring you back to talk about that. Tell that story. Glad to be here. Because it's also interesting that, yes, this incident, this incident we're about to talk about got you out of the band. Not the one that I called the cops on. But the crazy thing is, is that you still work for us. Yeah. With us. Every day. I see you more than my current drummer, Dusty. Yeah. Because I see you every day. You're the warehouse manager here at Yee Apparel. And that um, that incident, which was... You know, you started playing drums for me in 2012, yeah. so it, a lot has happened in eight years. The evolution of us as friends, and um, it's a really cool story. So thank you for being back two no weeks worries. in a row. No worries, of course. I literally pulled you out of the warehouse. You were completely sweating because it's hot in here. So warm. Up we there. have this fall launch coming up next couple weeks, September 18th. Mm. And so you've been getting all the backstory is you've been getting all the the pallets of new merch coming yeah. in through the shipments and so this is the this is the go time for you. The shippers will have hell on the eighteenth, but you have hell right now getting everything out organized right mm, trying to stay a uh one step ahead of what they need before they get the order out the door, so yeah, we've got a lot of boxes and pallets and and items coming in, so no air conditioning in the warehouse. No, no, it's you experience the elements. Yeah, so yeah, it's good though. I had to change shirt because it was a little gnarly, <laughs> a little sweaty. You cleaned up nice. Yeah. So before we get into the night that ended uh, us playing music together, at least for now, uh-huh. at least for now, there might be more, a lot more music down the road, but for now. Um, there's other stories that happened too that I kind of wanted to bring up, and there might be some I'm forgetting, but I wanted to bring up One Ear Doug. One Ear Doug. That was. Do you want to take it? I'll set it up, but okay. but I can't finish it because I was technically Sleep. uh, sleeping in the van. Um. Back in the day when we when we were pushing back every Saturday night when we would play a show. Me and the band would push back that same night to try to make it home. And we were most of the time successful. We would get home, usually by the time the sun was coming up, no matter where we were coming from, in the state of Texas or Oklahoma, 
we would get back home right around sunrise. And if we beat the sun coming up, that was a good Saturday night. It was good. If we got home at 9 or 10 a.m., it was devastating. It was so tiring. But what we would do was we would switch off driving, and we would pick pick our drivers after the show. No, before the show, so we knew how much alcohol we can consume. Originally, it was uh, after the show, and then we noticed that if you just got hammered, you couldn't be a driver for the first. <laughs> right. So we were like, this isn't going to work. We'll pick it before the show. So we used everything from driver's license to hotel keys. I remember doing hotel keys, and we would write our names on them and put them up in the visor of the van. And then before the show, we would just draw names like a car dealer in Vegas. We would draw in pairs. So we would say, all right, shift one is Todd and Caleb. Shift two, Granger and Tyler, whatever. And we would pick... Usually about four shifts. It depended on how far we were driving. The shifts, we were very strict about it. They were two-hour shifts. You and your partner would pick who was going to drive and who was going to navigate. The only rule was the navigator could not sleep at all. Could not sleep. And you could switch You could switch off 10-minute shifts. It didn't matter. You picked. You had your two-hour slot, which is by design the length of a movie. Yeah. In case you wanted to watch a movie. And... Everyone else could just chill out. They could watch the movie. They could sleep. Um, the first shift was amazing. You're fresh off the stage. You've loaded the trailer, hit the road, drive for two hours. You're done. Second shift was terrible because just when two hours goes by after loading the trailer, two hours on the road is like just the time when you start getting tired. It takes two hours just to get tired. So you could get tired. And then third shift wasn't bad because now you've rested for four hours. You've been bumping around in the back of, in the bunk in the back of the van, and you kind of want to drive anyway. You're like I can do something. Yeah, this particular night, I believe we were in Schneider, Texas. That's the town I remember the, that we played. No, that we no. were driving to oh. with one year Doug. Yeah, wherever that RV sign, big <laughs> so, red. What we did in the middle oh. of the night was. We always, when we needed a pee stop, because you got, what, were there seven of us probably? Seven or eight? Five bamboos and Frank. Yeah, seven, exactly. So so seven of us, um, there was multiple pee stops that we had to do, but we didn't, it wasn't worth going to a gas station just to pee. It just took too long. You had to find a parking spot. There could be a line. Somebody's going to take too long because they're buying something in the aisles. So it was way easier to do what we called a desert pee, basically because most of Texas is a desert. We would just pull off on the side in the darkness, and everyone would pile out and just pee in the grass. That's just how it was. So here we are. I'm setting the scene for your story. We're outside of Snyder, Texas, I believe, on a random Saturday night, pushing home, stop for a desert pee, um, I was not on shift, so I was in the middle bench trying to sleep. You never really sleep, but I was trying to sleep. And the guys get out to go pee, and I believe it was you and Tyler on the shift. No, I, it was it was Tyler and Johnny. Oh, you weren't? Okay. I was on the first bench uh, asleep right there where the door had opened. Gotcha. Gotcha. So during this desert pee we meet one ear Doug. So what happened was, here's here's where it picks up for me. I'm like laying with my feet facing towards the the sliding door, and I hear this like, and I like sit up real quick, and uh, there's some dude had bent his truck around one of those like double poles that holds up a one of those big signs and. Uh, I jump out, Tyler and Johnny are there, and I was like, let's go. I don't know why. I wasn't wearing shoes. I realized once I got there, but we run over to this truck. You were barefoot? Yeah. That's the first time I heard that. Yeah, it was dumb. I only remember because there was glass everywhere, uh, but it was like, you know, like, <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't cut my feet, thank God. But we go over there and uh Did get we over. say this is the middle of nowhere, by the yeah, way? It's middle pitch of nowhere. black, Texas, no town in sight, middle of nowhere. 
middle up uh, what 2 a.m yeah it something was, like that yeah it was early it was early and my first week with you guys this was the after the last show our first week so he wraps his truck around this pole run over there uh to the driver's side and I pull o- open the door and obviously not wearing a seatbelt because here's the driver's side and he's all the way up against that window kind of leaned up against there and I go in there and I, I grab his arm I'm like Are you okay Are you okay and he looks at me and he's just like because he had broken his jaw and it was like back and hanging down to the side and uh, that wasn't the worst part, though. Uh, the other part was his ear was hanging off, and there was only like a little bit. It was like down here. So I like grab him, like, come on, you're all right. And he kind of like, whoa. And I can't, he's not saying anything. Well, I mean, he might have been saying something. Completely but, wasted. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell what he was saying because the jaw was broke, and his ear was hanging off his head. And he's like, whoa. And that was one ear dug. We, we so pulled his him name out. his name wasn't Doug, but you named him Doug. Yeah, one ear Doug. If his name is Doug, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, nailed it. But it's probably not Doug. So, so um, I don't think one ear Doug's listening to this podcast. If you are, buddy, <laughs> first of all, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at you, but at the same time, I think we might have saved your life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. I mean, he was just—I don't think he was uh, bleeding out too bad. He was just laying up against. I mean, I maybe he would have bled out. And and to set the scene too, it was—we're on this two-lane highway in the middle of Texas, but this—and the guys are peeing off the two-lane highway. But this happened in the service road, <laughs> yeah, where the where the billboard was. So, I mean, of all places to be standing there peeing in the middle of the night on the side of the road, of all places for a drunk driver to come flying down the service road and wreck, it was right here in the middle of nowhere. So, at that point, he had just gotten a fight with his, with his girl, right? Yeah, he had, he had left, like stormed out. We, we found out later, well... He wraps his truck around there. We pull him out. Pull him out, and he's like, "It's hanging." And then some car pulls up, and uh, I don't know if it was his daughter or his his significant other, but she's like, he, "He's okay. He's okay. He's he's fine. He's fine." I was like, "I don't think so." She's like, "No, he's fine. He's he'll come with me. He's fine. We get the truck tomorrow. He's fine." And I was like, "Ma'am, I really don't think he's okay." And and she's like, "No, trust me. He's fine. I'll take him with me. It's not a big deal." And I was like, "Look at him." And she looks at him, and he's all, and, it's just, and she just, she's like, oh, Christ, you effed up, and starts crying. And she, so she didn't see him until you said that? No, she probably saw his good side. Oh, okay. Um, and then he turned around, and his ear just dangling there, and his jaws all broken. So then she was like, then she started crying. Uh, but then, like, the cop showed up, uh... And you remember the, the Did we call the cops? Circle. I don't know who called the cops. Uh, Must have been us. I bet you Tyler called them. Probably, because remember then, city cops showed up, and they were like, uh, what's outside the city? And then... Uh, Dude, that was a mess. Sheriff's office showed up and was like, it's not my jurisdiction either. Yeah. So then DPS showed up. He was not in the mood to be well, there at all. they called, they said... You're right, and, and that guy said, um, it's, not, it's not my jurisdiction. So then they called DPS, but remember, it took him an hour to get there. Oh, yeah. Because he was asleep, and there was one Texas state trooper available in that county, and he was asleep. So they had to call him, wake him up, because he was the only guy that could. I don't know all you um, police officers listening. I don't know what it is he had to do, but he had to get his eyes on the scene. Yeah, I don't know how, what who like whose responsibility it was but they were like city was like it's not us it's county county was like it's not us it's dps and then dps was gonna show up but the sheriff's office dude was like he said okay what happened we're like all right well he wrapped his truck around this thing we pulled him out and we saw uh and he was like holding this i'll never forget he's just holding his bag he's like "Mm, he's here 
Yeah. <laughs> like very matter of fact. Like mm, his ear got that part. Holding his ear. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Already knew that. Picked up on that. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. So we had to stay as a band. By this time, we're all up. Anyone else that was asleep is now up. And like I said, we always wanted to push back and make make home before the sun came up. Well, we had to stay for the DPS officer to arrive because we were the only witnesses, and they needed to get a statement from us. And there was, as you know, you've probably been in a situation before. There's no getting out of this making a statement. You know, as much as we wanted to just go, okay, you got it. We're just gonna. No, we had to wait. We had to wait for the DPS to fill out the report, and that took an hour for him just to get there because I think he lived 45 minutes away, plus give him 15 minutes to wake up and put his clothes on. And then he gets there. Then we, you guys had to tell the whole story again, again. to yeah. him. And it, it set us back a good two hours. Just stopping to pee one time set us back two hours and get us home late. Um, but... If you if you're ever if you're listening to this podcast and you're ever in Snyder, Texas, walking around, and you see a man, middle aged, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of thin, one ear might be, and one ear is like different. one ear looks a little bit different, like maybe it's been reattached with some stitches. Just go introduce yourself. Say, hey, are you one ear, Doug? He doesn't even know that this podcast is uh, yeah. exists. He's but. probably not listening. Well, if he is, it's with one earbud. Or one headphone. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to podcasts with one ear, one ear muff. I think they're talking about me. God's terrible. Wait. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. More news to tell you guys about right now. We have the Yee Yee Apparel Fall Launch coming up September 18th. So excited about this launch. Uh, this is September. Uh, what an incredible month for Yee Yee Apparel. We have the album Country Things coming out September 25th. We have a brand new Yee Yee Nation website, which we are going to announce very soon. That uh, It's a members-only website that's going to be very exclusive. And then we have the Yee Yee Apparel fall launch coming out on September 18th. Um, this fall launch is probably going to be our biggest launch ever. And I say that because as we've led into these from the spring to the Yee Day to the summer launch, now the fall launch in 2020, they've gotten progressively more and more exclusive, more and more popular. The reason, it, this is almost a warning for the podcast listeners that it by 10 a.m. when we put this on sale on yeeyeapparel.com or yeeyee.com also, um, they're going to go fast. And, and we're going to have some exclusive merch, some really, really well thought out pieces for Yee Yee Apparel hats and shirts and merchandise. Uh, and it's going to go quickly. So make sure, put on your phones, put on your calendar that on September 18th, that at 10 a.m., you're going to want to log into this website, yeeyee.com or yeeyeeapparel.com and get what you want. Because I don't want you to go there and go, I want a large of this. And you click and it says sold out and you're going to be disappointed. Uh, I'm really excited about it. This has some awesome merch. So we'll see you guys fall launch September 18th. I'm sure there's a lot more stories that we could tell one of these days on another podcast. Um, it, we chased a lot of, no, I wouldn't say chased, but we followed a lot of drunk drivers um, at three, four o'clock in the morning, just because we're out we're in our van and, um, we would see something, you know, see a guy swerving all over the place. And so it would kind of be almost something to do for us to to call it in. And um, we would just, we would be heading west on some road and just keep, just keep on going until finally someone arrived. And uh, that was always some excitement. And we have, there's just so many stories that happen in the middle of the night. And when you're a band traveling, you see them. And... That kind of includes you. Yeah. I'm a drummer. And I want to tell the story about the final night of us um, playing music together. The the story I was talking about in the last episode. And we had had... I also want to slightly defend myself that I wasn't just cutting you off. Because we had a lot of events like Flagstaff. None that bad. 
No, that was but the worst. We had, you know, so several occasions where we had to kind of sweep things under the rug because we did it in front of a club owner or a promoter or a radio person and yeah and you went off the handle on something because of your current mental state and we had just we we were in a good place at this time right we yeah we had arrived at a a good time in your life and your mental health. And I can't say enough that if you haven't heard the previous episode, you gotta, you got to listen to that because I don't want to explain it all again. But you had been through a bunch. You'd had a lot of loss in your life. Mm. Um, you lost your two brothers, um, which, which, is, which is your life, you know, when you have your brothers. That is your life. And you lost it. And you were on a road to recovery and you were in a good place, the best place that I had known you. And everyone felt great about it. And then this night happened. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'd even been, uh, I'd been going to see a, a grief counselor. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget that on this day, I went to go see this grief counselor. And uh, I was like smiling and just in a good mood and and then she was like yeah you're smiling i was like i i feel good yeah i feel good i i I, uh i'm comfortable enough to say that today i feel good and she was like that's good it's really it's uh it's good to hear you've been you've been working on this for for months so oddly enough that was that was the day um right after i said I feel good today. I'm 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 hopeful. Yeah. So that was uh Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? It was a Tuesday we were supposed to roll out Tuesday. Um the next day yep. for our run that week. Yep. And uh so I leave that grief counselor in a super happy mood, uh hopeful and got home and I'm not going to get into the details of what happened or what I discovered because uh because the kids are old enough um to maybe find this and I don't think you know you never want someone making fun of or making light of your parent like is I don't want the kids to you know you wouldn't want someone making fun of your kids parents even if you don't even if you don't like that person or you don't have the best opinion of that person you know you need to step back and think of like how would this affect the kids <clears throat> so it's with that thought in mind that I'm I'm not going to go over details uh but i'll just say that uh it was bad enough to where that the betrayal was bad enough to where that was that was it for me you know your marriage was going to come to an end because of this event that happened yes and that's that's we I'm just okay. won't discuss the event yeah i'm, I'm okay it doesn't, it doesn't matter no and that's i'm okay with saying something happened and and that marriage is over and i'll leave it at that out of respect for my kids because you know you can't dog your kids you can't dog the other if you're a part of a divorced family you can't dog the other person in front of your kids um that doesn't do anything for them in yeah. fact it damages them and it doesn't matter for this story it doesn't matter yeah. it, what matters to this story is how you reacted to that event that eventually led to your divorce exactly so that happened or get home I leave uh and am just and and I'm just like I gotta get out of here go somewhere I just gotta go somewhere this is a there's a lot to process what was going on in my mind at that time which sucked because I had just walked out of that uh 
out of that counselor's office thinking, I'm happy. I'm smiling. She had just noticed that I was smiling, and I hadn't done that for, I'd been going to, um, there for a while. Um, so then to come home and, and just, and it, and it was out of the blue. Like, I, it was one of those, I didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. So I was just like, I, I gotta get out of here. And I take off, uh, and just start driving west. I don't, I don't know where I was going. West-ish. Northwest-ish, I guess. And, uh, you know, admittedly, start, started drinking along the way. Uh, I was just, my mind was blown at, at, at what had, at what I just discovered. And on top of, like, the boys, because it wasn't too far down the road that I discovered this. So, it, it was a lot to, uh try and process I just got to a place where I was like I'm, I'm getting better and then this it was like a, coming out of the water you know coming out of cold ocean water um, where you're drowning and your head gets above the surface and someone's there with a pot of boiling water it's like it, it, didn't, yeah. it didn't get any better it was another into another bad situation so so yeah, just started driving, and uh, I you were called. probably going to Colorado. Yeah, somewhere in your mind, you were driving northwest to Colorado from Texas. Yeah, I was. I was gonna go either to call. I was gonna go to mountains. Yeah, I know that. Um, so that was my. I still don't plan. know this is going on, hmm. and we're leaving um, the next day to go on a tour. Yeah, and. There has been times, many times in my career, when I have to kind of straddle friendship and managing um, several men as employers, as employees. And this was a this was a big one for me. Uh, so, so then you arrive in Abilene, Texas, right? Yeah, all along the way, I wasn't going to Abilene. Uh, it wasn't my target, and but I was I was heading somewhere, and all along the way, I'd I'd called and talked to you a couple times. Yeah, um, and called and talked to my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't listen to his warning. He was like, "You need to stop what you're doing, find a hotel." Uh, I'll get you a hotel wherever you're at, and you stop, stop driving. Yeah. Um, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. You're going to get in trouble. Something's going to happen. You need to stop. And uh, I didn't listen to him. I made things worse, like what we were talking about. In your poor dad has always given you sound advice, the right, yeah. the right advice. Yeah. Many, many times. And I was always like, well, but. What if I do it my way? <laughs> and it has never, never worked out. Not once. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I called to talk to you, and I remember telling you, and... Uh, this is when you yelled at me for the, what I just said. You yeah. yelled at me, stop being my boss and just be my friend. Because I was like, dude, come back. You know, we leave tomorrow for tour. Yeah. We could talk this out. We could work this out on the road, you know, with your brothers, with your team. You're like, stop being my boss and just be my friend and listen to me. Yeah, I took that. Which, on some levels, you were right. The way the way I took it was that you were more concerned with uh, me as an employee than as a friend. And at at that time, in my mind, again, maybe another situation where I don't know what would... I don't know what you could tell a person who, who just found that out who would be like, ah, oh, you know what, you're right. I'll probably come back and <laughs> right. talk it out. I was about to overreact, but yeah, I'll come back. No, I, I was in a I was in a bad in a bad way, and if I would have just listened to you and been like, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm not going home. Uh, I'll just come to your place, and then we'll roll tomorrow. And you know, I'm just gonna go out on tour. I'll work, I'll work this out. But uh, that was not 
that was not what I did. So then lead me to what happened. So I'm on the way to somewhere. Yep. And uh, I pull into Abilene, and I remember pulling off the main road, and I was on like a feeder road. Um, and I'm driving, and I get rear-ended. Yeah. Which was unfortunate. Uh, well, a couple of the... Uh, wasn't the most unfortunate thing that happened that day, but it didn't help. Uh, so I get rear-ended and stop the car, and uh, that guy gets out, and he's mad at me. And and I was like, <laughs> wrong guy on the wrong day. You know, not not that I was going to. It was him and a friend, so it was me against two guys. and I'm not, you know, I'm not super tough. I'm not super quick. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not scared. I could deny both of those things you just said, <laughs> said, yeah, yes, you are. But, but I was Go like, ahead. uh, you know, I, it just didn't, it didn't matter. I'm not, you know, you know, like my goal going into any fight is we talked about. You have way too much Mexican Irish in your blood. Yeah. It's not, I'm not going to back down. Um, and I'm not scared to get hurt. And that day I would, I would have. Just like Flagstaff, I would have, I would have welcomed it. I don't know what the the. I don't know why that welcoming pain. Into situations like that, I don't know why that that uh, is enticing. At that point, I guess you're just so frustrated that you're like, ah, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't care what happens. So, I was like, let's fight. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, someone did, did the these guys wanted to fight you? Yeah, they were mad at me. They they rear-ended you. Yeah. And then they wanted to fight you. Yeah. All right. Class A citizens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was uh I don't know. It was bad, but they rear-ended me. They want to fight me. The cops get called. They so they say both of you pull over and um and the cops are like, "Well, they're talking to him, and they come over to me, and they're like, we smell alcohol. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, what's going on? And I, I was honest with them. Um, I just told them, hey, this is going on. This is what's going on. I just found out this uh, about my marriage. Uh, horrible day. These guys were in me. And, uh, and they were like, okay, well, we're going to go talk to this guy, but we'll be back. Just hang here. I remember them going to talk to that the other driver and they were like they were like well, we're going to we're going to stay with him because you know we believe he's intoxicated and uh he was like well, what about my car and the cop was like you rear-ended him <laughs> you know it was your this accident's your fault um but you know they couldn't leave the the scene with me like that so yeah so they take you to jail yes they do how did I find out about this? I forgot. About jail? Yes. But you're going to jail in Abilene, Texas. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, blurry in my memory. There's a couple of things that are blurry uh, in Probably my more blurry for your memory. Yeah, you probably so, remember more than I do. Something like this happened. Yeah. I find out you're going to jail in Abilene, Texas. Maybe it was your dad or... Might have been my dad. Maybe your ex-wife. I don't that know. That might have been. Um... But you are relaying to me, like, hey, I, you know, I know I'm not going to make tomorrow's show, yeah. but can you, like, play acoustic, and then I'll just join you guys. I'll just come and meet you on Thursday. Did I even say that? I don't even know that I was... Well, you... I don't remember exactly what you said, but you alluded to... Not going to be there. I'm not going to be there, but I'll be... Just give me a few days, and I'll be right back. Yeah. Was my thought. And I was like, dude... You can't come back. Yeah. Like, I got to get another drummer, and we got to keep going. I can't. Be- and, and once again, to slightly defend myself, this was we talked a lot on your trip to Abilene. Yeah. And it wasn't like I wasn't blindsided with this information. I was like, Caleb, pull over, pull over, pull over, come back. Don't do this. Don't do this. Come and you're like, no, 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 no. And then this happened, and then you're like, hey, I want to come back. And I was like, no, dude. we're That ship has sailed. I don't remember that. I remember having that conversation. 
I mean, like I said, there's, there's a lot I don't remember. On on the way up to Abilene, um, not just getting away from the problem was my main goal, and and that didn't happen. I I made things so significantly worse. Not only from like I got arrested, spent the night in uh, Abilene's finest hotel, <laughs> uh, and. And then affected my job, you know, all 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 that stuff negative. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know. It was it was bad. It wasn't my job wasn't on my mind on the way up there to Abilene. So things were really low for you. They're pretty low. And um, I find I I go into the, we go in the next day. We find a last minute guy to come and kind of sub play drums. Um, not a very good job. But that that's actually the day that Dusty Saxton um, was getting off the road with this rock band, Evans Blue, mm-hmm. and was able to come fill in, which he's still to this day, he's been my drummer. I think it's been seven years. Um, and you, it's funny because Dusty was the one that recommended you mm. to me. Yeah. Because you guys have, we've all been in this Texas music circle. So, um uh, yeah, so Dusty, th- there was never any weirdness between Caleb and Dusty. In fact, Dusty had trouble learning a lot of your songs because you're a really good drummer and you you have an interesting open-handed style. Um, but I, I want to say this. And so you're listening to this podcast, the average listener, and they're thinking, dude, guy, just after you've heard the Flagstaff story, then after you've heard this story, it's like now, now you've lost your job and... And I've already told you, I've already sworn to you, this has nothing to do with friendship. We're still going to be friends. And and you were like, nah, you'll leave me like everyone else has. Then I don't blame you. Yeah. I would leave me too. But yeah. I, I want to say that the, I'm not bringing you on here on this podcast to tell the, the bad story and then end it. I'm bringing you on the podcast just like you told me on text today. You said, let's make some more lemonade. Hmm. And... I want I want everyone to hear this story and I want them to be a little shocked and be like, dude, this guy's that this is this is the end. But then what what unfolded on the next several years for you was very evident. You've had a lot of blessings in your life since then. Your life is on a completely different path. You have uh, an absolutely incredibly amazing wife now new wife and amazing little boy yep he's now three years old yeah um side note was river's best buddy prosper and um all the things all the stories you said especially that trip to abilene everything that happened when your dad told you to pull over and get a hotel and i told you to come back and and those guys rear-ended you everything that happened if it hadn't happened just that way you might not have found your new life that you have now. It had to have played out that bad. Yeah. Or you might have stayed in your miserable existence that you were back then. Yeah. That's and a fact. so I want to I want to tell people as they're listening to this that either you could be in this state of being miserable or you could be you could know somebody that is or most likely, it's coming and you don't know it's coming because life is, has suffering in it. We all enter suffering and then we come out of it and we go back into it. That's what humans do best. But it's important to hear Caleb's story. For some reason, I knew. I just knew you and I knew your heart. I knew your soul. We'd had some deep conversations. I knew you very well. And I knew you, you were going to get better and you are going to end up with a new wife and have a new life. And you didn't believe me, but I told you that. I want to take a break here, and then I want to get to that transition period for you. If you're listening to this podcast real time, which is on Monday, then that means tomorrow we're going to launch the brand new shirt of the month. This is our prize package of Yee Yee Apparel, you could say, because this is every single month. If you sign up for this subscription, you're going to get a t-shirt 
delivered in your size, that's exclusive, that's not sold anywhere else, that we and me and my brothers have designed just for you with you in mind. When they run out, we do not sell them anywhere else. When they're gone, they're gone. So this is an exclusive shirt of the month club. It's super easy. You don't have to do anything. You just go on. It's $10 the first month. It goes to like $20 after that. And you just sign up. Boom. First of the month, which is tomorrow for you watching real time, you're going to get it. You can get that discount if you go with the, with the discount code shirt of the month. That's the promo code shirt of the month. Type that in. You get your first one for 10 bucks. You're really going to be happy. I love this club. So we fast forward a few months. You pick up a job working for an electrician. Mm-hmm. And then you luck out, and he actually has a, uh, a shop. Yeah. You could live in. It's almost yeah. like Sling Blade, the movie, where you live in the uh, garage repair shop. <laughs> My life was a lot like Sling Blade. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, yeah, it was, he had a detached shop, which was actually probably very close to this, uh, the size of this office. It had it upstairs, but that was used for storage. Downstairs, there was his desk, uh, some storage and then a couch, and uh, so I lived on the couch. So like one, uh, half, half of what this office was, was what I lived in with a dog named Hank. Yeah, little beagle dog. And my guitar. So you, that was your reset place. You got a new job. Um, You were absolutely miserable, understandably. Um, I would go and visit you there. Which is another ironic thing is that then I, we ended up, when we had River, ended up moving just down the road from that house. Yeah, like maybe two miles. Uh, interesting. And you slowly be, began putting your life back together. Mm. And it probably seemed when you were in the middle of that rebuild that nothing was happening, nothing was improving. Um, you were destined to fail in the world. You were cursed in some way. You had bad luck, as I've heard you say back then. Um, and you were almost just accepting that that's just, Caleb Kelly was a mess up. Yeah. And I remember one day telling you, I think I said, you are the biggest underachiever I've ever met. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he did say that. Because here's this guy that's smart, witty, funny, very handy, very talented musically. Um, and you just kept underachieving on every level in all of those categories. <laughs> what can I say? And at some point, I just couldn't, I couldn't listen to you feel sorry for yourself anymore. And I had to start taking a different approach of, bro. The this is going to get better. Ten years, I think I even said ten years from now, you're gonna have a new girl, you're gonna be in a new life. And um tell me about how what what happened with, with Heidi. Well, where did she come from? So uh Well, she came from heaven. <laughs> uh seriously, she's an angel on so what happened was I was uh, on Instagram and saw her and she was posting um, uh, for a benefit for her sister that she lost to cancer and um, I lost Levi to cancer she lost her Amber to cancer Um, so I just messaged her and said is is there anything i can do um even at this she didn't know at this time in my life it was this crazy dude living in a uh, office um but i was just like hey, is there anything i can do she was like yeah you can you know repost this flyer for the benefit and and that's what i did and we started talking we had a lot in common we started talking on the phone and then uh 
and then uh, went and got her from Kansas and brought her back and she has been uh, it's it's hard to describe the total opposite of, of what I am she is the calm uh, cool collected compassionate you know she she's she has everything prepared for everybody and always has like a little gift for everybody and um i am not that um so yeah i don't i don't know how that really happened cuz like i said i was just like a you know living there on that what i called my island and then moved into i did move into a house when i brought her back from kansas um but yeah that was that was a win that I did not see coming. I, di- I didn't believe you. I thought it was just going to be just going to be kind of crazy. If, if looking back on it, if I'd have told myself if I if the me now could walk up to the me then and be like, "You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, you're going to make it through this. You don't have an option but to overcome, by and the way." I want to get to that um what you're saying. And I want to go into detail about that. Um, but because of your, uh, legal restrictions, you couldn't leave town. Yes. Pretty much. So traveling on the road as a drummer, even though everything's pretty good in your life, traveling on the road still ain't going to happen. Then what, what, what ends up happening is my Amber ends up becoming really close with your Heidi Mm -hmm. and Heidi is a really good nanny slash babysitter. So we have Crazy Little River at home and Young Lincoln, Young London. And if Amber needs to do anything, Heidi comes over and starts babysitting. She's a perfect babysitter. And then you guys have Prosper, little boys the same age as River. So it like worked out great because then Heidi could watch the two young ones and then Lincoln and London and then if your two older ones came, it's like just a big farm of kids. Yeah. And you would usually come with her when that happened. Yeah. So they're doing this time. I'm touring like crazy. So at some point I was like, hey, Caleb, I'm touring like crazy. Could you take care of a couple things around the house when I'm gone? Because I would come home and then I would have a turn and burn, like a 24-hour turn and burn and be out doing something else. And I like things were starting to break in the house, and you're really handy, so you could fix this faucet, and then you could move this electrical outlet. And then I was like, "Hey, do you mind mowing the grass?" And then you would do that. And then I was like, "You, do you mind that dead tree out there needs cut down?" And you'd cut the. And so then that turned into like a full time job. Heidi would come babysit when Amber needed help. You would help me with yard and housework when I'm on tour. And then we had this list system going. You would just check off things on the list. And before we know it, you're working for me again. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, back in, It just, baby. like, sneakily happened. You're just all of a sudden, uh, you're back. And, and it didn't, we didn't even take that t- much time off. But it's, it's crazy that, you know, and I said this on the last podcast, you know, I trust you and Heidi more than most everyone else in my life with my most valuable possessions my wife and my kids and um and i think part of that trust that i had not not because we're just close friends but because we'd had the diversity in our lives that we had we had some problems that we had to we were forced to resolve like we had to stare it in the face and fix it we couldn't just leave and go somewhere else we had to deal with it and that humans are they you gain so much trust with each other when you make it through the fire and then come out come back out the other side. Um, yeah. That ended up leading to um, you working from there to here mm. at Yee Yee Apparel, um, managing the warehouse. And I wanted to take time to to go to dive into what you're saying. If someone's listening, and this is where you get to make lemonade. If someone's listening, going through this, or their brother's going through this, or sister, or their dad, or their or their son, or their daughter, or their friend, or it's them, 
and they're in that dark moment like you'd say they're in that the electrician's shop sleeping on a couch with a dog with no hope you were there and you remember it and you did not think you're going to be here today so what what could you say what could you possibly say to that person um let's say well first off don't give up you know there's there's nothing uh there's nothing you can't get through or you can't fix is kind of a weird word. I don't know about fix, but there's nothing you can't get through. Sometimes you can get through stuff. You don't exactly fix it, but you get through it. You know what I mean? And uh, But don't give up. I couldn't have told you that back then. That no, wouldn't have worked. No. So what do you say to that person? Because if, if I came over and said, Caleb, remember, don't give up. You'd probably punch me in the mouth. Well, and we, we've talked about this. I think whether it be adversity or grief, maybe, like I would have understood it maybe a little more if at that time you you had had something similar happened. You know what I mean? Like, who has something similar like to that? But mm-hmm. you know, like we always we always say... Uh, you know, I always tell you, one drop of empathy is equal to five gallon buck, a five gallon bucket of sympathy. So you've got the one drop equal to five gallon bucket. Um, so I would have listened more, you know, um, so I'm hoping that, hoping someone out there who is going through something has watched these two episodes and been like, he has gone through some stuff and maybe it'll maybe it'll hit home a little harder. It's it's not that what it's not that what you said wasn't 100% right and I probably should have just listened to you. It it was that um it was that I, I wasn't listening um to you as much as I should have. If someone who went through a whole bunch of other stuff would have said the same exact thing, I probably would have listened more and that's a, a funny thing about yeah. empathy yeah. is it 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 hits more. Now we share a lot of the same air when it comes to uh, grief and hardship. Now, I think, I mean, it feels not, not the same exact air, but you know, it, uh, it's just different. So I'm, I'm hoping that when I say don't give up, maybe, maybe they believe it because, you know, because of that stuff that I've gone through. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the stuff that I went through because it today, right here today, I'm in a position where I can tell people don't give up. Yeah. And maybe that's, maybe the don't give up. If that sounds too big of a task for you, maybe it's don't give up on today. Yeah. Don't give up on what? Don't give up on today. What does that mean? Just make it through the day. That's all you got to do. Don't give up on today. And when, when things were tough for me, Sometimes I would have to tell myself, just don't give up on this minute. Don't yeah. give up on this hour. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this next breath is going to come from. But just don't give up on the current one. Yeah. And then somehow, some way, the sun goes down and then comes up again the next morning and then goes down again tomorrow we'll and comes up spinning. the day after tomorrow. And it just keeps the rhythm of the earth, keeps happening. And by don't give up, you're not talking about you're on a 20-mile run and you're really tired and you want to fall out of the race. and you, It's not that. No. It's just stay here. Yeah. Just stay. Just breathe. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, I, I remember reading one time the, on uh, the, the alcoholic steps. What's the saying when it comes to Alcoholics Anonymous that's like... Um, don't strive for perfection. What's that saying? Uh, Just strive I'm for... Wrong. What? I'm going to get it wrong. I don't remember. Well, paraphrase. Yeah. It's like, don't strive for, don't strive for perfection. Just yeah. strive for... It is something like <laughs> something that. Something like... It will be in and the I, comments. And before I really knew what that meant, I was like, that sounds like a cop-out. You should always try to be great. Always strive <laughs> always for greatness. Be the best. 
try to be the best. Try to strive for greatness. That's that's what every self help book says on the cover in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Like, be your best. Be your best. Try for greatness. Your best but, self. But the reality is, sometimes you just need to strive to just get the day done. Yeah, and that that was the victory was making it to the next day. So sometimes that can be um, hard. So the don't give up is don't give up. You know, you it will get better. Do not, or try not to, make things worse. I made, my life at that point would have been, it would have been bad losing the boys and then finding out about that would have been bad. That would have been bad. Uh, for I think, I think anybody can agree that that would have been a pretty, pretty crappy year. Uh, but I made it worse and... and you know, you may think oh, life couldn't possibly get worse. It can always, always get, can worse. get worse. It no can matter be, how low you've dug yourself, you could go lower. You know, the every minute to minute that my life was then thinking about my brothers and then thinking about the betrayal would have been enough. But then it was losing brothers, then the betrayal. Okay, I got to go pay this court cost i gotta go do this class i've got to you know ignition interlock all these different things on top of what happened so if i can tell you one thing and is my new mantra when it comes to talking to people it is that it's like don't make it worse because I, you want to get better and uh you want your life to get better and trust me it doesn't get better if you make it worse with with those incredibly stupid decisions do you love your current wife and your current little boy oh my gosh i i couldn't i did not let me let me rephrase that not current wife do you love your wife yes yes i i could not imagine my life without her as weird as it sounds sometimes I, i have to remind myself that's a different individual not like half of me feels like that, but I have to go. She's she's her own person. We, you know, we are not, and because that's what it feels like. And then and you and you and anyone listening that that has something like what you have now, you don't have your wife and your little boy without the series of events that were so terrible that led you to them. Yeah. That goes away, that that joy goes away if you lose the suffering. Yeah, the butterfly effect. And that is mind-blowing. And it's very biblical also. Yeah, you, uh, it's really hard to, I, I couldn't tell myself back then that, hey, your your life, okay, yeah, I know you're having a really hard time right now with the boys and then with this happened, but you are going to have this knockout of a dame and you're going to have this little kid who looks just like Jack-Jack from The Incredibles and is twice as crazy. I would have been like, what are you even talking about? Uh no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. My life, my life is pain. My life is suffering. This keeps happening. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed you. I love that Apostle Paul says that suffering creates perseverance. Perseverance creates character. Character creates hope. And so, basically, what he's saying, Apostle Paul, inspired by God, says that you don't, you do not have hope without suffering doesn't yeah. exist hope doesn't exist yeah. without first suffering it we don't want to suffer as humans we don't want to but we are required to 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 have true hope yeah. and that is as deep as this podcast can get <laughs> um but you are the you're the living proof of that that through a series of of unimaginable suffering it led you to unimaginable hope that you have now in your future and your life and your and who you are and yeah. your purpose ultimately Caleb Kelly's purpose on this earth 
it all came from suffering. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it was just uh, some things have to, like you were saying, some things have to. There's one of the rarest pigments in paint uh, is this blue stone they find um, in the mountains of Afghanistan. <clears throat> and the rarest pigment on earth is made from this blue stone that they have to crush into a fine enough um, powder to turn into paint. So you have to take this blue stone. It's absolutely beautiful on its own, but in order to, you can't paint with a rock. You can paint rocks, but you can't paint with this rock. But you, they have to crush it to this fine powder, and then it is one of the rarest pigments in paint in the world. Uh, so, but it had to be crushed all the way down to the finest. Um, to lose is to gain. That's, yeah. it's that you hear that story repeated so many times. So, if you're listening to this podcast, if you if you're suffering. And you probably are because you're human. Um, hang on. Make it through this minute, this hour, this week. Just just hang on. You don't have to set records on the race. You just have to finish. That's it. Dude, thanks for being on again. Anytime. Anytime. Maybe we'll do more. Well, there's so many more road stories. We don't have to get that deep. There's just like one ear Doug stories galore yeah. that would be fun to tell. Stuff like but, that. I think we got to get back to work. We got a uh, a fall launch coming up here in just a couple weeks. I'm working again. <laughs> <laughs> got to go work. See you guys. Yee yee.